Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. My first question to you is, uh, do you believe in aliens? It's you know, everywhere right now on social it's, media. It's everywhere right now. I am afraid. What are your thoughts on aliens? <laughs> I'm I'm afraid to believe and I'm afraid not to believe. I'm Explain. afraid to believe because there was this moment like a couple weeks ago where I was reading, it was the New York Times. Mm-hmm. I was reading this thing about this congressional hearing or whatever, and I'm reading about aliens and I'm like, okay, is this what it's like to have a psychotic episode? Right? Like, Oh, wait, what do you mean? I'm, how does that connect? To be, because it just seems like this is such a this is so far out, literally, that it's like it, when you're in psychosis, you believe in a reality wholeheartedly right. that is right. not there. And so you know, like you believe that someone's been body snatched, or you believe, mm. right? There's all these like common you know psychoses and delusions. And I was like, this feels so outside of the realm of what was normal like six months ago that how can I actually tell that this is real? Do you know what I mean? Have you been really close, like six inches uh, close to a giraffe? Yes. Did it not blow you away? Like, okay, so just the eyelashes <laughs> of a giraffe. So the you, eyelashes okay, of so, a giraffe, yeah. I oh, mean, no, there's other saying? animals too, like elephants. But when you look at a giraffe, for some reason, mm-hmm. when I sit in front of a giraffe and I look at the eyes and the eyelashes – they almost mm-hmm. look like cartoons, but are like Muppets, right? They're real. They do, yeah. And you're like, what is this thing with this giant neck? And it's, you know, it's all, they're very sweet. And so. And they have a we really weird, alien, have you fed one? Like they have yes, a super you feel, weird yeah, you, feeling. When you go to the zoo, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you, right. And so when you look at an alien, I know it brings up like, uh, and I, I think it's because of um, of uh, media you know, mm-hmm. the big head and the big eyes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it's going to harm you and all that. I, I, who knows? But to me, like, there's more wonder in something that looks like a giraffe or a dinosaur, you know, uh, an mm-hmm. elephant, dinosaur kind of thing. Uh, even like a tiger. You're like, oh, my God. Um, like what? Yeah. An alien just looks like, I don't know, uh, an extension some of. Some sort of humanoid. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of, it doesn't really. Um, so what's your answer? Yes, you do. Or, or, I mean, the probability is very high, correct? Just do yeah. the, the, right. I mean, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I don't know that they are, like you just said, like as human as we project them to be, but the idea that there's life on other planets has never seemed that out of the realm to me. Well, you know, what I'm thinking is not just other planets, but I think they're appearing from, um, different dimensions. I think they're appearing from... And so this is why I think we don't see aliens on other planets as much or they're not flying around everywhere. Um, I think they're coming they're in like... through uh, from different dimensions. And so, mm-hmm. okay, final question as we before we get into <laughs> John's podcast is about uh, science fiction now. <laughs> so I believe in our lifetime, we're going to come across mm-hmm. some kind of information that's going to okay. be equivalent to um, when... Uh, when a uh, Christopher Columbus discovered the world was round, like that kind of information. Okay. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, what do you think it's going to be? Especially, and, and, you know, I, I think it's going to be something like AI that, that discovers, you know, 
formulas or something that you know changes everything uh and then we realize holy shit with this new information you know like oh how is this like we've had the curtain over our eyes what you know if that's the case what do you think it would be i the first thing that comes to mind is that is the matrix and that we are brains in a vat Mm. like that like we're we're like, like we're not real I mean, we are, but we're like, um, it's a what's really happening is that we are mm-hmm. uh, uh, stationary, like we're mm-hmm. like in pods, and this whole yeah. thing is kind of a video game or dream kind of thing. Yeah. Well, how do you explain? <laughs> do you see what I mean, though, about the like the line <laughs> between like, yeah, are we just having a collective psychotic experience, or like, is this actually real? You know, that's how well, uncanny it feels. I think what we're going to discover in our in our lifetime, MC, is uh, mm-hmm. uh, time travel. You do. Yeah, I think we're going to, and I think it's going to be um, AI that discovers it. Uh, and then we're going to realize, oh, that's where, you know, the, uh, we're going to be able to connect a lot of dots once we realize that it's possible and then it's more dimensional. Man, so then everything is going to get fucked up, right? Because we're all going to like independently time travel. I mean, travel. I don't know if we're going to use it. I just, I just feel like in our lifetime, we're going to discover that it's mm. very possible. And uh, yeah, anyway. Where okay, Tiny so here's a question Joyce. for you. Wait, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> here's a question let's come for you. Back to if, Earth. if you, but wait, if you could go back in time and change one decision, this is a shitty question. What would you? It's change? not a shitty question. So the generic answer is, oh, I wouldn't change anything. Everything's meant to be. Right. Blah blah blah. Which is the boring, boring answer. Oh, what would I change? There are so many moments that I would change. Hmm. But if it, but 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 uh, something big, uh, it doesn't have to be big. It could be small. <clears throat> you know, one of the things that I um, have been mad at myself for is the way that uh, um, my divorce happened. Meaning, mm-hmm. um, uh, she wanted a separation via Skype. I agreed to it because I thought this was a chance to give her something. Um, that was unselfish and something that uh, like just give her something right mm-hmm. and so i left and then of course that became a divorce and it just happened i didn't have any say we didn't have a meeting <laughs> there was no conversation it was yeah. almost like you know just receiving a letter in the mail and um i i i feel like i should have demanded <laughs> i don't know towards demand but i should have requested an in person meeting I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, ending a, a marriage and, mm-hmm. and, and it's different if someone is not um, like if I was resistant or toxic mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. unsafe, then, of course, you do it from a distance and all of that. Um, but I don't believe I was any of those things. So uh, I would have requested a sit down. Con- let's have a conversation first instead of just yeah. basically, you know, telling me over the um, over the webcam that it's over. What do you think would have changed about your trajectory? I mean, nothing would have changed. We would have, we would have still divorced. I think the divorce was meant for me to have a trajectory. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, I felt very muted, very like mm. I didn't have a say. Um, I didn't get to say what I wanted to say, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no that's, closure. That's one of the things, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a – and then on the, on the very kind of silly superficial side – I did an entire podcast on how I couldn't get it up three times when I was dating someone in San Diego. Oh, no. And yeah. uh, I would rewind and, make, and uh, just have another at-bat. 
Oh, it was, it was the same person? So it was same never person. Like, Three times in a oh, row. Shit. MC. Yeah. And uh, Do, don't you think your psyche dude, was trying to like, tell you something? Well, you know, that's what I, that's exactly how I file it um, is that, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Um, there was lots of learning in it. Uh, I mean, now looking back, I realized that uh, I, I was more trying to perform than to be present and actually get to connect with this person is probably mm. partially why, you know, I, I couldn't. And then when you can't, you put so much mm-hmm. pressure on yourself, especially as a man. Um, so then now you have something to prove, which means you're mm-hmm. not going to for sure because of that anxiety. And so by the time, by the time the third time I drove down to San Diego to, to do the, to try this, but the time, the third time came, I mean, there was no shot because oh, I was no. still determined to, right? So it wasn't even about yeah. the other person, which is very selfish. Right. And, and uh, uh, um, I don't know what the word is, but uh, ego scoreboard. Mm-hmm tying it to worth Mm -hmm. but uh i remember how i felt like 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 less of a man you know it was was a really kind of a um a blow to my my uh quote-unquote manhood (laughs) yeah Yeah. literally and figuratively yes yeah we we obsess so much about about that i I just think we get sex wrong in so many ways and that's one of them you know that this idea that there's only one way to have a sexual encounter and then I feel bad. I feel bad for her because I wasn't being fair to her because mm. um, I wasn't trying to. You were connect. like having I, your own experience. Yes, and like stuck yes. Up here. I was. Yeah. I was competing yeah. with myself. You know. Right. And and uh, yeah, um, which which is obviously the learning from all that, right? Mm-hmm. What about oh, you? Yeah, what yeah. moment or moments would you change? I just use that as example because I want to show mm-hmm. this the, the the wide spectrum of totally, you know, something totally. like the divorce and something as as kind of silly as that. The thing, um, so two things come up and what the first one is actually the same as your first one, which is just kind of the way that my divorce un- mm. unraveled, um, which it's so easy to look back in hindsight and be like, I could have done this, that and the other, and it would have been so much easier and more clear and whatever. And in the moment, like those, those possibilities are not possible or they don't appear on your horizon of possibilities. So it's important, I think, not to like beat ourselves up about it, but um, yeah. it's just- we could stay stuck there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just something I never thought would happen in a way I never thought possible. And so I think like I will probably always want to go back and and change little things to try to make it better, which would be a failing game even if I could, you know, time travel. And well, then the you're second also only fifty percent. Oh, so make making it better may right. not like you might not have control of of, of of over making it better. And and real quick, totally. this is a great topic because I think many. So I'm writing a book right now about um, um, breaking through your breakup. And the thing about breakups uh, or what I call expired relationships, that's the reframe. Um, many people get stuck in what happened because mm-hmm. oh, if I just did this or if I just did that or, if, mm-hmm. you know, this person was, if they just changed in this way. So they do a lot of what could have been and then we yeah. ruminate and then we get mm-hmm. stuck there. And, and that's mm-hmm. where I think it, it can get dangerous. And of course, internalizing, you know. Especially because we're the vision that I just got is like you're it's it's almost like you're trying to go back to the past, to the real life, as if it yes. were a movie that you could direct. And you're like, I oh, mean, if speaking I just put of time person, travel, <laughs> yeah, right. If I could just put this person here, and if I could say that, then we could have this different ending or outcome. Yes, it's like, well, yes, you, you're, it's not a movie. There's other people and other influences and other conditions, and yeah. The the hardest thing I think to do in this life is uh, to accept. 
So whether we're talking about how something ended or what you didn't get or mm -hmm. the deal that or didn't just go through. how something is. Mm -hmm. Acceptance or how someone is or, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, and that this is kind of like more like Buddhism, um, the whole radical acceptance thing, but acceptance is so hard to do as human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I then the an other idea. thing I would redo oh, if I had the chance. Oh, sorry. This is no, quick, no, go ahead. There's a little delay. When my dad was in the hospital, so he was sick for a really short time and he was in the hospital only for a couple of days. And I was there almost the whole time mm -hmm. and was, didn't have a serious conversation. Like, oh, didn't, didn't well, go did, serious, wait, did you know didn't that go he was, deep. Did you know that was no. going to, yeah. No, you but I'm a deep more person. I thought I had more what? time. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I, I, like we were talked about last time, like I don't. I'm not a small talk person. Like, why were we talking about? I remember talking about literally oh. like the, the show The Apprentice, which was on at the time, <laughs> and the ridiculousness of Donald Trump. And like, why did we talk about that and not like, you know, I don't know, anything else? You well, know? let me ask you. Let me ask you, because I think there was a mm -hmm. reason why um, if you're not, if you, you are a deep person, I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. um, why when your dad was dying, did you decide to talk more, more about surfacey things was that a um, fear it was yeah fear. and the fear mm -hmm. of what i think it wasn't an it wasn't like a like a, a fear that had like materialized fully yet i just think it was a fear that like i had to meet with chatter like this base level of anxiety that i was like oh yeah. you know yeah. you just small talk around it because you don't want to talk about the seriousness of the thing just general avoidance and fear hey wanted to share with you something i'm super excited about if you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. And which I think is normal when there's something that mm -hmm. serious in the room. Mm -hmm. um, I think to kind of offset that, you use it with humor or, yeah. uh, you know, um, pop culture or other things. Yeah. It's almost like if you go serious, it, the whole sink, the whole boat ships because it's just too, it's too serious. There's seriousness already. Yeah. The situation is life or death, you know? So like. Right. You're adding heaviness to heavy. You're adding so heaviness. So I, I kind of feel like maybe in those situations, um, sometimes that kind of stuff is prescribed. Uh, you know, we find this in funerals a lot. You know, mm -hmm. oh yeah, sometimes totally, yeah. The, the best funerals are like there's mm -hmm. some kind of celebration, or it's it's not so dark and heavy. There could be moments of that, mm -hmm. but um, changing the, the the temperature of the room. So maybe for you, that was a way of um, yes, protecting yourself. But that maybe that was what you thought was the best for the situation. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a that's a great reframe. I'm gonna I need to send. I'm gonna I have to pay you for this. <laughs> <laughs> um i've been carrying that for since 2005 <laughs> well and and then i also feel like with human experiences sometimes the best exchanges um don't come in the serious you yeah. know what i'm saying 
like the yes. the the impact of of a of of an experience sometimes is like mm-hmm. I, like I remember with my best friend Sam, um, we were driving down from Big Bear, and we were just being silly, and we had a uh, a, a female friend in the back, and we were talking about our divorces, and we were making fun of each other how when we were married we were we had mm-hmm. to like ask permission to buy sugar cereal from our, our, our exes, you know, like we had that in common. So we're making fun of each other and we're very, very mm-hmm. dumb, dumb and dumber, but we were laughing so hard. And the, the, the girl in the backseat was just like straight face, like what the fuck is going on? And we were laughing so hard that I couldn't breathe and he yeah. couldn't drive. So it was, so oh it was like God. very dangerous. We we're coming down big bear <laughs> in windy roads you yeah. know these two, like, you know, Harold and Kumar characters laughing their asses <laughs> off. I, um, I, I was laughing so hard that I had to 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 get out of my seat and uh and and face the seat bending bending down like I was gonna throw up kind of thing. And 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 he, and he was at the wheel and, and the car was like going wild and the girl oh in the back God. was scared shitless. Now the reason why I was laughing so hard wasn't the stupid things we were talking about, was catching her expression in the rear view mirror because she thought she was gonna die. And I was like, I was imagining from her experience, like, what did I get my who the fuck are these Two Asian These clowns idiots. talking about <laughs> yeah, they're talking about how they had to buy, get permission to buy sugar cereal. Because <laughs> we didn't know each other that well. She, she just wanted to ride down down, you know? and 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 her life was in danger. And I was like, and so look, there wasn't words exchanged. It was a very serious moment, yeah. and yeah. it's just one moment that I will never forget because I've never laughed so hard. I was laughing so hard that I wanted it to stop. You know, and <laughs> right, I would, right. it was like, like I was scared. I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was just, you know, and it was like a, a very, very big impact an imprint of a good moment in my life. I'll remember it forever. And it didn't carry any words. It was like silly and mm-hmm. ridiculous, you know. <laughs> car laughing is its own kind of thing. I remember laughing with my oldest friend in the car about a Paul Simon song. And we were laughing so hard at a stoplight that the two cars next to us, the people started laughing. Looking oh at us laughing, God. having no idea right, like what contagious. we were laughing about. Yeah, totally. And it was just like, wow. <laughs> that's actually really sweet. That's, yeah. you know, in the world we live in and all the shit you see on the news, just to yeah. see someone laughing and then that makes you smile and laugh. And mm-hmm. and to me, that just reminds me of the, the human spirit. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Especially like in traffic, in the car, like, you know, like it was, that's such a mundane to yeah. potentially like negative moment to feel that it was just yeah hilarious moment well that that um rolls into um what's your most recent tiny little joys most recent tiny little joys um let's see this morning um i had to get up super early for a meeting which i didn't really have to pay a lot of attention to it was just a zoom thing and so um i've had a really good writing morning and that mm. feels like you know what that feels like to me? Like when you haven't taken a deep breath for like, you know, yeah. five business days yeah. and finally you take that deep breath and you're just like, oh, fuck, what a beautiful thing. <laughs> like lung capacity. You That's know? also very telling that you are at your core a writer. So yeah. um, I don't even like writing, but you're right. I almost mm-hmm. have to write because it's like air. Yep, 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 yep. You know, it's and compulsive. so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking um, of I, I need I need to go write something. Um <laughs> people who write not because they have to, but because 
it's baked in who they are, like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a good writing session, yeah, of course, it's, you know, just, it's not even dopamine. It's like, really, it's like, it's air. It's literally, I just took a breath. Yeah, totally. And it's like yeah. this, 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 yeah, it's, I've tried to explain it to someone recently, like that it's like, <clears throat> I think one of the things that prevented me from seeing myself as a writer for a really long time is that it never felt like something I chose. You know, it was oh, just always this thing where it was like, I have to do this to survive. And yes. so um, I, I I had in my head this picture of people, you know, mulling over what their possible future career was and picking writer. And that was never, that was never me. It was like, this thing has to come out in this way, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel the same way. I, I don't think, um, I had never wanted to be a writer. I still don't even see myself as a writer. And uh, You don't? I, I, Seriously? I feel like it's it's kind of just one of the things that I do. Um, I I I I know that I'm very prolific in how fast I can write, mm-hmm. uh, just because people tell me and and all that. But mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, for sure. I don't really see this gift. I don't. I just feel like it's just something. It's just one of the things that I kind of have to do. You know. Um, Maybe that's a healthier I, frame on it. Maybe it's like because I think so much we tie our identity in with our career, or our job, or whatever. Like maybe that maybe it's a healthier thing, a way to look at it. Yeah, I, I I like it because when you start to get paid uh, as a writer, I like have zero pressure. It's not because I'm like so confident. That's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it just I don't know. I, there's there's any pressure. It's just what I do. Um, I also uh, don't see myself as a writer because you know I'm I was a C student. Uh, I have dyslexia. Uh, I don't read mm-hmm. books. I mm-hmm. I don't have a vocabulary, and so I use small words. I just write what mm-hmm. I see, you know. Yeah. And and you know, one of my one of my biggest influences why I like uh, Bukowski so much is um, he was one of the first writers where I read a poem and I was like, oh, he doesn't use big words. Yeah, yeah. He just like <laughs> I opened a drawer, I saw a cat, like I, and I was yeah. like, his writing is so honest. Yeah, and. Uh, here is someone who, who you know, he, it doesn't seem like he uh, has an, an Ivy League, you know, like it, he just mm-hmm. like a, and I remember that was a huge influence on it. It gave, gave me permission to yeah. write self-help books in a way where I didn't have to tr- try to be, uh, you know, some, some smart academic because I wasn't, I'm not, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's funny. I think we think of writers as like they're writing, but I think what writers actually are is observers. Like they yes. are, they see. And then they have to translate what they see into words. That's yeah, you know. and and you know how I have made sense of me being a failed screenwriter is mm-hmm. um, in screenwriting, you're taught to use the least amount of words, yeah, right. right? And you're also taught to write in a way where it's like just tell us what you see. Don't mm-hmm. try to like you know angle it or you know. And so in screenwriting. Um, it it taught me for when I did that for ten years. It taught me to just strip things down to its simplest form and mm-hmm. write visually. Mm-hmm. And so when I write self help books, that's how I write, and it's given me a voice. And so mm-hmm. so my thing is you know kind of like to the point, zero fat, street yep. level. What it you know, and that's. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's become my voice, and I wouldn't have gotten there unless I had 
written screenplays for 10 mm-hmm. years, you know? And so yeah. that's how I reframed that I didn't fail at it. I was meant, that was my school. I was meant to do yeah. that, uh, to write self-help books and have some kind of voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which lends, I think, so much like urgency to your, both probably your practice. That's also probably why you write quickly, but also to, to your voice as a writer is urgent. Like you read fast, you read your stuff fast as a reader, as a writer. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yes, I also um, I don't write in complete sentences. They're like fragments, you know. They they um, and then you know, and so my publisher just or they just see it as a style. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't write. They're not long winded sentences. They're just like boom, boom. They're choppy, um, yeah. And which is a which is a style. Um, and uh, and so so you know, again, uh, another thing in life, um, something that you thought was a curse, mm-hmm. you discover uh, um, is a gift, which is. Uh, oh, yeah. a huge joy in life if you mm-hmm. when you get there right oh totally yeah i think those things are superpowers often you know but we just we, we have right. to get to the place where we can see it that way i have a question for you yes do you consider yourself to be famous no not at all you don't zero uh the the only times uh in the and i still like and you know because i live in a big city city uh so whenever i go to new york and I, when i'm in la um, people approach me now. I was going to say, I bet you get recognized. Yeah, all the time. And so that's very weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, I used to freeze up. Um, now I, I take a breath and I make sure that I shake their hand, ask their name. I'd be extra, I'm nice, you know, I'm, mm-hmm, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, before I think I came off as an asshole, uh, when it first started happening to me in LA, like I was walking into a, uh, into a, like a hipster coffee shop. I got off my motorcycle, I was walking and there was a line of just people eating outside. So it was, it was very mm-hmm. public and someone screams out, Oh, he's not so angry. And I heard it. And I got so nervous that oh, no. instead of looking at someone and smiling, I actually just like put my head down and I just like, Oh, and I like marched to my bike and I completely ignored it. And she <laughs> said I it again, angry. <laughs> he's not so angry. And, and what I displayed was a lot of anger. Oh, and then so I came funny. home and I was like mad at myself. I was like, why did I do that? Why? Well, I know why I was nervous. I didn't know how to, because right. people were watching. Right. Right. And, uh, now, and I, that's one, that's one, that's a moment that I would change hundred percent. Mm. That's mm-hmm. a, I would go back. I would hear that because everyone was like staring. I would hear that mm-hmm. and I would look and I would smile. I would go shake the person's hand, whatever, whatever right. you know, and then, then I would get on my bike and, and roll. Um, but I pouted and I just like reinforced the fact that I was angry and I took off on my motorcycle like a dick. But, uh, um, but those moments, my point is those moments kind of make me wonder like, oh my God, this social media thing is weird. Um, when you spend mm-hmm. most of your life behind the screen or a phone, you don't, you don't kind of see what, and so when people come up to me <coughs> and I'm sure you've gotten it or you're going to get it with your book, it's going to start happening. It's weird when do, it first happens. Well, do you know what um, I have had happen though, is that like friends who I, who I know in my life are like, oh, you're famous now. I saw you on this or you came up on my yeah. feed. <laughs> yeah, right, and, right. And they, they have this like sort of prickliness about it. And I'm like, no. No, I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? What does that even mean? Does someone come to your door and tell you, like, congratulations, you're now someone's famous. gonna someone's you know gonna I mean? come up to you? I guarantee you, at, at the airport or somewhere. Um, you also live in a, in a big city, even though it's a small town, and mm. uh, they're gonna say, "Hey, I watch your videos on TikTok," and yeah. you're gonna freeze and you're gonna be like, "What? <laughs> it's gonna feel so <laughs> weird." Or they're gonna Ooh. say, um, "I read your book." 
and this mm-hmm. is what it did to me and and those are all they're super meaningful when that happens yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but weird yeah it, 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 social media is weird but i don't i don't believe that i'm i'm famous uh, i genuinely don't believe it i still think social media is kind of silly and you know fun and, mm-hmm. and not real and and um, i okay, have this the- old school thing with like tv and film being kind of up yeah, here right and, you know my agent and, and and you know she's a big agent at a big agency said um once to me she's like john tv does tv's nothing now like social media it. is actually bigger and i yeah I, I, I know that like on paper yeah as far as like views and all that but i don't i think that's rubbish <laughs> i think i'm like what are you talking that's about right because well, you grew up in, 80, in the yeah. heyday of, yeah. so did I, the heyday of TV. And that was like to be a TV star or a movie star. That was the absolute epitome of success. Of fame, right? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what's interesting is the Gen Z where they grew up, where social media has always been a mm-hmm. thing. It wasn't new. For yeah. them, social media is bigger than, like TV is like something you do on the side and it's probably not, totally. they probably don't even watch TV. Or they're like parents do, and so they're like, "Oh, old people watch TV," you know, like, "Oh, you're on TV, like, good for you." Right, and they like they just digest social media, and that's who that's who they think famous people are. Yeah, 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 totally. I want to talk for a second about social media not being real because this is another thing I'm like bumping up against recently. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't people know that? Why don't people know that what? That what you put on your social media feed is not necessarily an accurate representation of like who or where you are in this moment. You know what I mean? Like, you know what's interesting? Um, so yes, social media isn't real because of uh, you know filters and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I feel like social media is the realest it's ever been as far mm. as far because like film and TV is super polished. I mean, you go through right. wardrobe. There's a mm-hmm. script or there's an angle. Uh, it's a lot of presentation. Social media, when you when you do a video, it's a direct conduit into that moment in your living room or wherever. So, um, yes, it yeah. can be a lot of false advertising and a lot of tap dancing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. um, social media can be the realest media that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I, I look, I when I look at depends. you on your feed, your feed, it feels very you. Like I, there aren't like false moments where I'm like, oh, she's not being MC. Like it's just you. But talking. sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, you know, people will say, I, I will say like, oh, I've been really, st-. someone will be like, you know, how, how are you doing? And I'll be like, oh, I've been really stressed. And they'll be like, oh, I saw you on TikTok and you seemed really, really like everything was fine. And I'm like, I'm not even talking about my life on TikTok. I'm telling you about like academic research. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you don't know how I'm doing from, from, which is different than like, yes, it is me. And yes, it is me in my living room. And, and I think I am authentic, but there's a lot that I don't talk about which maybe i will and then that that kind of abyss will get smaller but yeah i was going to encourage you to i think you should now Mm -hmm. i don't think that should be your main thing because people Mm -hmm. do come to you for um tips uh advice that what happens in the Mm -hmm. brain the science like that's you know um that's Mm -hmm. what you're you're giving is value but if you only do that i think there's a risk of you turning into a cardboard cutout you know a talking head instead of the three six like who is this person and so yep, when yep, you start yep. talking about um some of the, your own struggles mm. now you're a person and um because i think that produces glue and then also yeah, your yeah. person but it doesn't it doesn't devalue anything you're saying it just yeah. makes you more real you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
But I think, what I think you it? do. I, I think you talk more about your life than you think you do. Yeah, you're not sitting there talking about like, you're not like me vomiting, but um, <laughs> you do talk about like, uh, if you had a bad day or um, mm -hmm. something happened and you know, you don't like, you know, I'm sitting there talking about the moments, you know, when your dad was dying, but you do talk right. about your, your day to day, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or that yeah. you had a migraine or that whatever. Yes, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not the whole, you know what I mean? I don't know. Social media is weird. What's a tiny little joy you've had recently? Um, I would say, uh, it, so I've been, I've been getting into ice plunges lately and, mm -hmm. um, um, I did it in the rain during this, uh, uh hurricane Hillary oh, thing. Yeah, you had a and hurricane. just because it was, it didn't hit that bad, uh, here. I know it hit mm -hmm. bad in San Diego and, and I think Palm Springs flooded. Um, mm -hmm. but where I'm at, it was just drizzle. And so I said, what would it feel like to be in cold water while it's raining? And, uh, mm -hmm. So I did. I did it in the rain, and I, it was great. I loved it. I was in there for four minutes, and it was a it was a joy. It, it was something that uh, gave me a lot of dopamine, and also like you know, um, challenging myself and executing that. It's um, being in the water in the rain is such a wild. Like it feels like a. It's such a wild thing, and you're such a West Coast yeah. person that you've never had that experience. <laughs> On the East well, Coast, it's like. If you want to go swimming in the beach, you have to, it's like, it rains so much, you're going to definitely be in the rain, in the water, or in the hot tub, in the snow, or, you know what I mean? It never rains here, so I don't, I mean, just the fact that it, it rains, uh, you know, people either panic, like the sky mm -hmm. is falling, or they're celebrating like, like, like it's snowing here in L.A., so... Mm -hmm. uh, rain's a big deal in L.A., so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't ever get an opportunity to uh, sing in the rain, or ice plunge in the rain, or dance <laughs> in the rain, or anything. You should redo the song to Ice Plunging in the Rain. <laughs> Put that on TikTok. So uh, what, let me ask you, what, what are you working on as far as writing? Are you talking about articles or uh, a new book? Everything. Um, right now I'm working on two proposals to send to Laura um, hopefully this week. Um, mm. One is on triggers and the other one is on joy. So this morning I was writing about um, reasons that you might avoid joy if you've had trauma past. Oh, that's great. Um, mm. You know what I love about both of those ideas is you're taking something very uh, specific and simple and mm. then turning it into a, uh, an entire book, which yeah. makes it high concept. So the other thing about uh, um, screenwriting is it taught my brain how to make something high concept. You know, the whole elevator pitch, yeah. the one liner, mm -hmm. right? So one of the books that I want to write is the entire book is on how to fight. It's just called How to Fight. How to fight, like in relationships or in, not, yeah, in relationships, okay. arguments. Yeah, yeah. How so in a healthy yeah. way, uh, which is challenging. Like how, like to me, that's that's a blog article. But like, how do you turn that into a book? And if you can, oh, then it's like, mm -hmm. oh, it's kind of high concept because the entire book is only on this one thing, you know? Yeah. And so you could also do about, you could split it into two parts and have the first part be how not to because I think we learned some of our best lessons like by failing. Sure. And you could have case studies about like, here's this example of fighting and this is why this is so corrosive for a relationship. And then part two is like, okay, now actually how do you do it? And just have part yeah. two be the counter to part one. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it be, so what happens is, so like your book on joy, it's like, uh, mm -hmm. because it's specifically about that, then it becomes mm -hmm. like um, foundational. If it's good, it becomes like, oh, yeah. this just has to be in, in the bookshelf because it's so specific. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And simple. Yeah. yeah. So cool. I think both of those are great ideas. Yeah, thank you. Super we'll excited see. about them. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see them. There. We'll read them for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to ask if we can, uh, 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 because uh, we're going to start doing these once uh, every other week or so. Um, mm-hmm. What if we had a segment that is science of the day? So it's basically Ooh, anything this. that you have come across or that, you know, that you may have already shared that that uh, uh, is something that we can give the audience. So I think, uh, I think maybe ending with a science of the day, because mm-hmm. I, have, I have no science in my episodes. I need some science <laughs> in my episodes. No science. Okay. I can tell you actually, so there's a, this is an old piece of science, but I was just writing about it before we got on. So I can, I can tell you about that, which is this yes. idea of fear conditioning. Do you know about this? No. I can tell you about the original, the original study in 1920. John B. Watson wanted to see if he could create fear. Mm. So he took this little boy, and this was before we ever like looked at how to research with human subjects. So this is kind of an unethical study. But he took this little boy, little Albert, and he introduced the little boy to a little white pet rat. And Albert loved the little white pet rat, and he loved playing with it. And like you know, imagine like a hamster, not a rat, because we don't really mm-hmm. think about rats as mm-hmm. pets, but they are. Yeah. And um. <clears throat> Watson wanted to see if he could condition fear. Could he create fear in something that this boy loved? And so what he did was every time he brought the rat out, right before he brought the rat out, he would make an incredibly loud, really upsetting noise. And you know, for little toddlers, like a big noise can be really, really upsetting. Yeah. yeah. So every time he was going to release the rat into the room to, to let Albert play with it, he would make this really loud noise. And within a really short amount of time, the little boy became afraid of the thing that he previously loved. And that's fear conditioning. Wow. That's horrible. And so it's horrible. But it's an important thing for science because we know this was 1920. This is leagues, years, decades before we ever knew what the brain looked like when the brain Mm -hmm. is afraid. But but we knew all the way back then that when we become afraid of something, that that association happens really quick and is really intensely strong. And so that's really important because I think we shame ourselves a lot for what we're afraid of. But when we look at the way that fear gets conditioned in the brain, um, you can see how and why those those connections are so strong. Yeah. And also how fast fear is injected. And how fast. Yeah. And then how long it lasts because it probably can then carries, you know, it it lingers for. Forever, if unless yeah. you, you try to work with it and, and unravel it and reassociate the association, totally. And, so and again, it, like this other idea is that he loved this thing and then became afraid of it. I think right. we think that once we love something, that's just the way it is forever. But once you become afraid of something, that really changes the, the charge of the love too. So the takeaway for me is um, how fast a fear uh, can be injected and to not to be kinder to yourself if you are afraid of something. Uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, this just, you know, especially on social media, like be fearless and, you know, tackle all your fears yeah, yeah. and you know, blah, blah, right. blah. Um, to be more understanding of it and that, uh, that uh, it, it can come that fast. And that's just mm-hmm. the way that, you know, our brains are. That shit is real. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you for hanging out. It's perfect because what you hear in the background is my leaf blower. The gardeners are here. And oh, perfect. so, yeah. Um, <laughs> where can we find you? That's our cue. Um, I am on TikTok and Instagram at the same handle, which is mc.phd. And my website is alchemycoaching.life. Awesome. And uh, we will see you um, 
more on my podcast. Hear yes. you more. Absolutely. All right, be well. Can't wait. Thank you. you.